Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio. Signing day eve. And remember talking to this man, uh, on his uh, signing day when he picked Nebraska. Jeremiah Searles with us at Searles71 underscore HSKR and says Papa Searles on the screen as we're streaming you in. Many moons ago, Searles. Uh, I'm going to bring up signing day and Elijah will bring up the Big 12 championship game against Texas in a tweet at Herbal Essence uh, just so we can pile on both uh, you getting more and more years around the sun, and, of course, me needing just for Mangrea wet. <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy to think about what seems like not that long ago, but it was over basically, I mean, over a decade ago of the signing day and the excitement that goes into that. And, I mean, it wasn't quite the production that these kids have nowadays of, like, videos and some poem written about them and all these crazy things. Like, I remember it was like I wore red. I signed my letter of intent in my school lobby in high school and then called a bunch of local affiliates in Nebraska and was really excited. But it's turned into such more of a spectacle. I mean, you've got guys committing on like Good Morning America and like the multiple hats out of the bag. And like, I get it. It's the time and age in which we live, which goes back to Elijah's thing of like, I'm old as dirt and maybe I'm just an old man up on my soapbox now. But it's just a really exciting day when you get to say, man, that's where I want to go spend my life, that's where I want to go become a man, that's where I want to go develop as a football player. And, you know, you go through the recruiting process, which is crazy up and down, but this is kind of a finality of it all. Well, it's funny how, how much time has passed, how much things have changed, and yet here you are still – I'm sure you signed some papers this morning for uh, your work, and now Schmidty's giving you a phone call in the afternoon. Yeah. For everything that's changed, it's still the same. Full circle, man. Full circle. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, different different papers, but yes. now now you have the uh, the NIL factor, Searles, and, and how big of a opportunity slash hurdle could that be? Because you can go to a spot for the dare I say the wrong reasons because there's more zeros. One hundred percent. Yeah, you can you can chase money in the NFL now, right? Or excuse me, in the NCAA. You can chase money. That never used to be a thing. It never used to be a let's go chase a bag, right? It was like, let's go develop so I can go make money on this game finally. And, yeah, you can get yourself in a, in a sticky situation trying to chase the money, but the good news is you have the eject button known as the transfer portal if it doesn't work out. So you see guys that are flipping, and you can, you're can you always going to wonder why did they leave or why did they flip? Was it a football-related thing or was it a money-related thing? But that is just the nature of what the NCAA is now. It's the nature of what college football is now. And you just hope that guys end up getting put with the right situations. So Jeremiah Searles with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Searles, regardless of the NIL, you still have to go perform on the field once you step mm-hmm. foot on campus. And I want to get your thoughts. You kind of talked about signing day. Take me through the difference between the excitement of signing day and then kind of that, that splash of water in your face, the reality of playing college football. What was that first day like for you? Because... Dylan, assuming he puts pen to paper tomorrow, just a couple weeks away from getting uh, his feet wet in the college football world and really getting that that welcome to reality moment of this is college football. 
Yeah, you know, it's a little different, and I've talked with some coaches around the league now. It's very different than when I entered in the league, right? Because during the recruiting port process, you know, you're being courted, right? We love you. Oh, you're the best. Pat's on the back. Oh, you're going to help us win so much. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, then you get on campus, and it's like, you sit there, freshman. I'll see you in two years, right? Like, that's kind of what it was like. Okay, I'm low man on the totem pole now, right? I got to earn my stripes. I got to come in here and, and compete with these grown men to prove that I am willing and worthy to be here. It's not as much like that anymore because of the transfer portal, because of NIL, you kind of have to continue to recruit guys while they're in your building. And I have another podcast, the O-line committee where I kind of touched on this, the idea of, I feel that college football as a whole on the field is actually taking a step back in the product because of what I just mentioned, if you have to continue to recruit guys when they're in the room. And so it's a little bit of an eye-opening experience. It's always going to be a, there's going to be a welcome to the NFL moment, a welcome to the NCAA moment that just comes with the territory. But I do think it's slightly different. And now there's not really that sit back, earn your stripes, do your thing, because there are promises that are made monetarily um, in the world of college football now. Searles, let's get your reaction to, to Riola. Uh, you had uh, some high profile quarterbacks, uh, land in Lincoln. Tommy Armstrong was a, a big get for Nebraska. Cody Green, a big get for Nebraska. Although he switched positions, T-Magic turned out to be pretty big. So you, you've seen in your era guys with a lot of accolades come in. But as recruiting and social media has grown, I mean, this has blown up college football in a great way for Nebraska football here with Dylan Riola's commitment. Couldn't be more excited about getting a guy like that in here, especially it's not a guy in the transfer portal that's only going to have a year or maybe even two. You're talking about a, a building block of a foundation that you can build an entire team around. You know, it feels a little bit of, hey, Scott Frost got his guy in Adrian Martinez, and, you know, we felt really good about that. It's similar to that, but, you know, I feel like in the same way that Scott intertwined his fate with Adrian, I think Rule has intertwined his fate with Rayola, and that's okay. That's good because you got both guys got skin in the game. Like both guys are coming in here and saying, we have a vision. We obviously share the same vision or else you wouldn't be coming here. Now let's lock arms. Let's go hand in hand and let's lead the charge of all these guys with us. And if you can have a head coach and a quarterback and everyone else being able to rally behind those two positions, which are the natural leaders of every football team, the sky's the limit. Right. But obviously, like you said, you got to come in, you got to perform and we'll be dumb to think that there will be no bumps in the road. We'll be dumb to think that there will be no hurdles he has to overcome. That just comes with being a young player. But when you have young players like that, really, you're just excited for what the future can bring. So based on what you've seen from Riola, do you think that's your odds on favorite for next year? I know that's kind of you talked about the changing world of college football. Similar to the NFL that we've seen, that's kind of a trend over the last decade. You get thrown in the fire early. It started happening in college football, too, that you're making these NIL bucks. You're this highly touted recruit. We're going to throw you into the fire early. Do you see that happening with Nebraska and Ryland? Do you think, from what you've seen from him, he could be ready for that? It's hard for me to watch his high school tape, which I have, and compare it to anything that is college football, right? It's just, it's like, well, there's a man playing with a bunch of boys, which is how it should be when you're the number one recruit. Right? When you're the guy, like you should make it look easy. And Rayola made it look easy. And so that gives you comp- that gives you a lot of like optimism coming into the spring ball. But at the end of the day, you look at what our quarterback room was last year, and it's hard for me to look at the Harburg and Purdy and Sims and go, can he not step in and at least compete with those guys? Right? Can he not come in and say, hey, I'm maybe not as 
football IQ high as you because I haven't been in college as long, but physically, can I compete with you guys and we can get you caught up on the X's and O's? That's a very real thing. I think he has all the physical attributes. You give him a full uh, winter and a summer in conditioning, getting his body right and getting his meals right and getting him heavier and stronger. I think he absolutely has a, has every tool possible in his tool belt to come in and become a competitor for the starting job. Let's talk about Nebraska getting him ready. Uh, you mentioned the weights and the nutrition and the acclimation period, and you'll have a spring to get ready. But, you know, UTEP, Colorado, the, the first few games, and then the, the back end of, of next year's schedule. Nebraska's got something right now, uh, Searles, and that's something that the, the Clemsons and Alabamas and USC's and, and Ohio State's have always had. They've had that difference maker on paper. A lot of their, their difference makers have translated to on field. And tell me a little bit about your optimism level about Nebraska getting him ready for that on field opportunity. Yeah, you know, at the moment, I have no reason to believe that they won't. Right, there's nothing that this staff has shown me that they don't have every tool in in their tool base to develop young players. Right, even Harburg, as limited as he was as a thrower this year, I felt like Sat and those guys had him develop well. Right, like that doesn't mean he's going to automatically turn into C.J. Stroud or Tim Tebow because right. the skill set might not just be there. But I felt like there was steps in his development as a player, and you know that goes on to the defensive side too. What Tony White was able to do with some of these young guys as they continue to develop as young players so i have a lot of success a lot of faith in Corey as well Corey, the the head strength and conditioning guy i think he did a really nice job with a lot of these guys so you couple that together with this is a proven moment for me with this staff of hey can you develop a young player into becoming that difference maker because yes everyone can have great tools but they still need to be polished and he's going to need to be polished he's going to need to have some refinements of some technique issues or footwork or whatever it may be and I want to see them not be afraid to push him and make him the best that he can be. When does that refinement come? Is that spring football time? I guess just yeah. as you look ahead to, to the future, we've had players before on the show discuss the importance of winter conditioning and how it almost gets swept under the rug by the media. Everyone's looking forward to spring, but the, mm-hmm. the winter might be the most important part of the year. What's your take on the next six months for Husker football? Yeah, the, the winter is incredibly important because the winter is where you make your biggest strength gains, right? Especially coming off a no, no, no bull prep. Right, no bowl game. Like you've had about a month now to really let your body kind of regroup and re, re like rejuvenate from a, a long hard fought season. You hit Jan one, man. It's on. It's time to get strong. It's time to get conditioned. You know, it's time to move heavy weight and set a foundation for the rest of the year. Right? There's a there's a a lin, not a linear line. You know, there's a line that kind of climbs like this. So that you want to start down here in January, and you don't really want to hit your peak until about September. Right. And but it all starts with January of like taking those big jumps in the weight room on the field with your speed and all those things. Then you translate all that work you did in the winter to spring ball, focus more on football. Then you kind of refine some tools there and then you switch back to it to summer conditioning to go back to the strength and the speed, but get yourself in the elite shape. And then you put the combination of all that work together into training camp. And then you need to hit your peak and run it into September. Searles, uh, we've touched on a little bit earlier in the show about the Riola effect. Does he bring other high-level high school recruits, even some portal guys? Guys want to play with other high-level talent. Was there a draw for you to Nebraska because of somebody that was here? Was it strictly the coach? Was it Barney? Was it 
closeness. I mean, tell me about what kind of drew you into Lincoln. Yeah, you know, a lot of it stemmed from in June before my senior season, I took an unofficial up here to Nebraska. Me and my dad drove up here, and I sat in Bo Pelini's office for like an hour and a half, and he put his feet up on the table like he used to do and just talked to me and my dad about how he was going to develop me as a man, as a leader, to become a father, to become a husband, and to be the best football player I could be in that order. And that meant a lot to me about the kind of guy that I wanted to go and give my next four to five years for. And I think you see Rule is looking to be that guy too. Uh, but I will remember, I don't know if you guys remember the name, Chris Williams. He was a big-time linebacker out of Texas. Huge recruit. He ended up having a ton of injuries. He blew his ACL and MCL in high school at the end, and then he never really got on the field in Nebraska. But I can remember when he committed, he called me. He was like, Jeremiah, Chris Williams. Like, he was the top recruit in our class. And he was like, let's go do this thing together. And I can remember telling Chris, like, I think I'm pretty much into. He's like, that's all I wanted to hear. I'm not going to tell his soul, but, like, I love that. And that meant a lot to me. It did. It meant a lot to It's like, hey, we're going to develop something special here. And I, I loved Chris. I thought he was great. He just never could get back healthy on the field. But there is definitely something when you can start developing that brotherhood and that bond of before you even step foot in here, of like, hey, we're coming in this thing together and we're all on the same page. That can go a long way for a class. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jeremiah Thrills with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Thrills, as we kind of start winding it down, get your takes on something Bill Dolman said to us last week, and, and that was with Riola, the home factor of, of Nebraska always felt like home to the Riola family. And you're another guy in a long list of, of Huskers that moved from across the country to Lincoln. And, you know, it made Nebraska your home while, while you were here. What about Nebraska stood out to you and, and made it such a, a homey feel for you, a place that you wanted to settle down? Yeah, you know, it's the people. Nebraska and always and Husker Nation and just Nebraskans in general, they're just great people. And when you surround yourself, it's like your friend group. Like, you are who you surround yourself with. It's something my dad always told me, right? Like, you will be judged by the people you surround yourself with. And I wanted to surround myself with like-minded people, good people, manners, take the shirt off their back to help the person, push the person out of the ditch, do whatever – and you can't walk 10 steps in the state without finding someone like that. Mm. And that's where I want to raise my family. That's where I want my kids to be. And it's contagious, right? It's contagious. I mean, my son is four and a half years old and loves the Huskers to death and asks me every single time we turn football on, are the Huskers play, <laughs> right? It, it just becomes, it's ingrained in you because it's what we love. It's what we rally behind. And when you love something like this state does, you put everything you have into it. So the home factor definitely plays a part. Because when you're here and you're just around it all the time, it's just hard to ignore, and it becomes something that you love. Searles, we'll get you out on some NFL, uh, some uh, heartbeat now with your Buffalo Bills. Mm. Big time went over Dallas. They're still trailing the Finns. But uh, Joshy and company, how do you like Buffalo's uh, finish here to maybe get in? I'm, I'm telling you, that's not a team you want to run into in January. That is not the Buffalo Bills right now. If they can figure it out like they have, and, you know, it's going to be weird to say that when the book is written on the 2023 NFL season, like, hey, remember when that coach said that not-so-great thing about that really stuff that if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Um, You know, like, and that turned this whole team around. But in a reality, it kind of did, right? Like, that was a turning point for them this week to Dallas coming off a huge win beating the Eagles, everyone's starting to say, are they the number two team in the NFL behind the San Francisco 49ers? And the Bills just went out there and just dismantled them. 
And if they find a way to sneak into the playoff, some some 11, 12 win football team is going to be going, crap, I got to play Buffalo. Like, that's not fair. That's number one seed type talent level on that team. That's real. That is real with the yes. way the seedings happen where, uh, great, here comes Buffalo or Cleveland, who's playing mm-hmm. good with Flacco, or you know Kansas City's fading. What, what's your temperature on KC? Not great. It, it's not good. I mean, you can only do so much. Patrick Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the NFL. He's elite. But when you have receivers that have all thumbs and you just can't run the football super effectively with Pacheco out, they just don't look to me like a contender. They look like a guy that could be frisky and fun and find their way in and maybe make some noise. But this time of year, you're looking at teams that are becoming contenders, and I just don't see the Kansas City Chiefs in that realm. So, let's talk about what's real and who's a contender. What's your take on this slide from the Eagles as they drop one on Monday Night Football to the Seahawks? I don't know what's going on with them, man. Four in a row now, I believe it is. That was a bad finish last night. Bad finish. I mean, Drew Locke driving the field on you type of thing. And they're the same kind of thing as Buffalo where – they're talented enough to be a contender, but are they hitting the slide at the wrong time, right? Buffalo hit the slide in the middle of the season. Now they're climbing their way back up, hitting their hitting their peak. But if, if Philly can't pull themselves out of it here in the next couple of weeks, and now granted they do get to finish the season with two games against the Giants, so that should help kind of break the slump. But, you know, there's some discontent in that team. You're watching them do ball security drills in December where people are stabbing and Jalen Hurts is shaking his head. And then you hear Jalen Hurts say not committed after a game like there's some internal disconnect going on in that organization which that's the greatest unravel of anything is when there's internal bickering it's hard to win on in the nfl i think it's interesting nick bosa said a couple weeks ago we think we have a formula to beat the eagles they did the eagles haven't won a game since and you you wonder whether or not some defensive coordinators around the league have started picking up some some cues on Mm. stopping Mm -hmm. jalen hurts and stopping that eagles offense Last thought on your Vikings. Uh, how are you, you wagering? Do you think they can put a push together to get another spot out of that NFC Central? I don't think so. No? You know, I want to I want to say yes, but I think that, that that version that we saw of the Vikings against the Bengals was the best that offense is going to play. Yeah. I don't know if they can continue to repeat that going forward. And they're talking about coming into a Detroit team next week that is red hot, coming off a big victory. You know, they're trying to say that they are contenders and they're talented enough to do it. I think that what KOC and what those that that crew up in Minnesota has done, they have squeezed every drop out of that roster that they could have gotten with Kirk going down, young players stepping up, development of young middle linebackers, an undrafted guy. An eight, nine win season for them is them squeezing every drop, but they've got some really, really good pieces built in the foundation for next year to come back and be really strong. So it's really fast here. Last thought. Pick it now. Who do you think your Super Bowl favorite is as of December nineteenth? San Francisco 49ers. It's not even close. I that, the, so. o- the only thing that the only thing that gets in that team's way is injuries. No, no love for the Ravens. No, Dude, I'm telling you the, that San Fran team, week in and week out, is the most dominant football team that I've seen in the last five years. Hmm. Fair. They can just spread it around. Searles, Merry Christmas to you and your family, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. Absolutely, guys. Merry Christmas to everyone, and as always, go Big Red.